welcome to podcast 125 in our series, You Should Have Been There, and a uh, very special edition it is too, with me, Mick Webb, and me, Simon Calder, and we are safely, just about, returned from our walking trip in the Central Pyrenees, and we'd love to share with you the highs and lows of our five-day trek. Um, Many rewards, many challenges in the high mountains south of Lourdes. Indeed, we have compiled, curated and edited an audio diary, a blow-by-blow account of the experience. First, though, as usual, responses from you to our recent podcasts. On Atlestrop, which um, you provided for the cover of uh, Podcast 124, a beautiful picture of the bus shelter there. And, of course, this celebrates the poem by Edward Thomas. Roger King remarks, oh, that's a lovely poem. Mick, I think it's probably the way that you um, recited it. Anyway, uh, if you don't know the poem, of course, it's all about a pause on an express train from London Paddington to Malvern. You're too kind, uh, but I think uh, the magic of that uh, particular poem, Adelstrop, is in the writing of uh, Edward Thomas. Now, Rebecca Halpen, via Twitter, has kindly provided pictures of trolley buses in Budapest. She says she saw some in Milan as well, but Athens is the only place we've actually travelled on them. And you can see Rebecca's pictures if you go to our Twitter feed at you should have BT. You'll see a nice picture of Adelstrop. Click on the replies for that and they will pop up. But now off our trolleys. And on to our trek. And may the story begin. Now, for background, I should say that Mick and I have been walking in these mountains for over two decades. And we ought to, in theory, know what we're doing. This time, though, partly driven by the um, baggage regulations which have come into effect on uh, Ryanair since our last trip, uh, decided that we would experiment with taking as little as we could or more to the point, as much as Ryanair would let us take without charging us more than the cost of the actual flight. Not now, much. <laughs> um, uh, that, that brought us, some, I think, some joy. It reduced our burdens, but also some sorrow, as you will hear. Um, also, as well as the battle with weight and volume, there was also the constant struggle against the clock, particularly on the first day when we were booked into a mountain refuge. Four hours strenuous walk uphill from the town of Kotai. We had to be there by 6.30pm to claim our supper and our place in a shared dormitory, which should have been okay. But before that, we had to fly from Stansted to Lourdes and then get two buses without suffering substantial delay. Oh, and first we had to get to the airport across the other side of the capital from our respective homes in South London at a very early hour of Saturday morning. What could possibly go wrong? Well, it's uh, 3.34 in the morning and I've managed to catch the night bus to Brixton. And uh, approximately... um, 10 hours I hope to be walking in the Pyrenees with Simon but there are plenty of obstacles to overcome before we can manage this one of them 
As you will have heard, I nearly didn't make it past Streatham, but we just missed uh, an eccentrically parked car, and 40 minutes later I was in North London, hoping to meet Simon, who, theoretically, was already on the train. Well, here I am on the decidedly chilly platform at Tottenham Hale, and here comes... But the question is, will Simon be in the second coach and will I find him? One. Ah, oh, I spy a man. In coach two, already tapping away at his laptop. Oops, here we go. you are. How are you doing? How's it been for you? Very good, very good. Um, yes, my goodness, here we are um, on the train. I woke up very early, but because we'd arranged to catch this train, I actually sort of hung around at home drinking tea until I could set off. But have you been waiting here for? Yes, could, I could, could easily have got the train before the first oh, no. one. Well, of course, the next great adventure will be, can we get our packs? Can we smuggle our bags yes. onto Ryanair? Let's see. Well, yeah, you're, I, you see, I'm, I'm looking at you now, and I'm thinking, obviously, I mean, you, you look, yeah, you look absolutely um, uh, compliant. <laughs> um, I know that you've got really quite a lot of clothes on. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I can but, um, hardly move. The problem, as I saw it, is that Mick's not-too-large backpack does advertise the fact that it is 30 litres. Ryanair's rules stipulate a maximum of 20 litres. So I said, Mick, right, what you've got to do is sling your rucksack in a nonchalant fashion over one shoulder, and we'll see if that allows you to breeze past the um, excellent and friendly person at the gate. And that seemed to work. Without much more ado, we were on board the Ryanair flight to Lourdes. From what we could see, our fellow passengers were in the main pilgrims on their way to pay homage and perhaps to request a miracle of their own from St Bernadette, the Virgin of Lourdes, in the famous Grotte the cave where the Virgin Mary was supposed to have appeared to Bernadette. We landed safely, if a bit fast, I thought, on schedule, and then waited patiently for the shuttle bus, La Navette, to take us into the centre of Lourdes. Waiting patiently, as it turned out, was a mistake, because when the bus did arrive, there was the most chaotic and I'd say a most unchristian struggle to make it on board leaving us two atheists with a real chance of not actually catching the bus, which would have been a disaster, as there were no taxis to be seen. But we squeezed on. Uh, c'est moi. Pardon. Vous descendez? Oh, sorry. Oh, that's fine. Ciao. 
Pardon. Simon? Bro, is it here? Yeah, this is okay. Well, <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> you managed to get a seat, yes? Oh yeah, yeah, you know, it's good, fine. Good, good, okay. What can I say? Never, ever get on an airport bus with a load of pilgrims. Exactly, yeah. I thought there was some quite unchristian things going on there. Uh, yes, uh, quite. Yeah. I can't believe that this was not billed as the station either. It's called Les yeah. Alles, which doesn't yeah, really help that. I was that. sitting there and I was, I was yeah. looking out the window. So, uh, so, to the challenge of getting onto the bus was added the challenge of getting off. I must ask the lured tourist office why the bus stop for the railway and bus station isn't actually announced as such. They give it some random title based on a street name. Anyway, having made it off the bus as well as on, uh, we then had a 45-minute window for a quick look around a very sunny and crowded Lourdes, except we didn't because the bus left 25 minutes earlier than the timetable on the board suggested. But fortunately, we'd been forewarned about the time change by a friendly local. Well, this is the final stage of the preparations for the walk anyway, isn't it? We have amazingly found the 965 bus to Cotteret where our walk will start and um, it's amazingly because the timetable uh, uh, which we've just looked at at the bus stop is probably about three years old and uh, says that the bus was going at ten past one. Um, uh, yes, I've got a brief, brief um, whistle-stop tour yes. of, of Lourdes which never ceases to um, amaze <laughs> one. And, uh, uh, yes, it's miraculous really. And well, we got caught up in a... a, a, a what would you call it? A kind of um, ambulance. Um, well, it was, it was a guided tour led by an Italian chap with holding an orange lollipop yes. thing with lots of people. But it actually was liturgical. It was. There was lots of chanting. Yeah. They got to the Sacre Coeur Church, which is not, I don't think, you know, I think it's a fairly minor place of worship in the scale of things. And um, the... the uh, they, they very um, uh, they chanted beautifully for and they murmured more than chanted I would say. Do you want to um, oh, try, and um, try and find a uh, okay fine I was going to do do the card if you would because it's my um, my shout I think is the uh, technical term. Well if it's only two euros well go on then <laughs> I'll let you. This is a lot more civilized than the Yes. Uh, 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 the shuttle bus from the airport where <laughs> there isn't very much pushing and shoving and friend. I wish he was no, my ca friend. no cars. No cars. cars. Okay, he's the one cash. Okay. Four. 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 Okay. Merci. Merci beaucoup. You oh, take okay. a ticket for him yeah. and he takes a beer yeah. for you. I, I was thinking okay. I was thinking two beers. Yeah. <laughs> two beers. Beer, <laughs> beer he can pay with the cars. <laughs> ah, okay. Good, ah, very you. good point. It's good thank for you. you. Ah, you're right. Well, thank, thank you for that advice. I'll buy you a beer next time. <laughs> well, the driver of our very uh, 
colourful bus was also very jolly, although I'm not quite sure who owes who a beer. But Simon, I was struck by the extraordinary cheapness of the fares. Yes, there seems to be an increasing policy, particularly in southern France, that buses are regarded as social services rather than commercial enterprises. And so therefore, yeah, the fares tend to be a euro, which took us from the airport into Lourdes, or two euros, which took us all the way um, almost to the Spanish border. Yes, and I think that policy of cheap fares or extremely subsidised fares applies across the whole of the, uh, uh, the southern region of Occitanie. Anyway, off we went into the mountains, calling at various little towns on the way, sometimes taking a tour around leafy suburbs or visiting long-closed railway stations. It was interesting how the broad, flat valley gradually narrowed until after the town of Pierrefitte-Nestala, we were winding up an extremely narrow road beside a tumbling mountain torrent and hemmed in on both sides by high cliffs. Then suddenly... We weren't going anywhere. Well, well, Simon, there's many a slip. Yes. I think there's been a very bad accident on this last mountainous stretch of road before Cotoy and all the cars that were coming out this way have been sent back the other way. We've seen an ambulance and um, our bus is um, stuck here for the time being. And there we sat and sat. The driver opened the doors letting in a bit of fresh air and wandered off to talk to the gendarme. Bizarrely a woman grabbed the bus public address microphone and announced she was going to tell a story. Yes, it was absolutely extraordinary. It was a, a very long, I suppose you could call it a modern uh, fairy story involving une sorcière, which I suppose is a sorcerer or a witch, but it had a political element to it as well, um, in which uh, a young chap from uh, a village in um, Brittany uh, met a sorcerer and uh, was granted uh, a couple of wishes and one of them he used to um, try and tackle all of the current political woes of France uh, and brackets the world, climate change, energy problems, uh, relationships with Putin, etc, etc. Unfortunately, um, I didn't hear the end, so I don't know whether he's managed to um, resolve them or not. But uh, we were mainly concerned with looking at our map and wondering, worrying even, if we would make it to the refuge in time. Then after an hour, the ambulances and police cars came flooding down the hill and the adventure was back on. And I must actually give you the postscript to this, Simon, which is that the accident, because I've um, looked it up since we got home, which at first people said had involved the death of a motorcyclist, actually didn't. Um, a 49-year-old woman motorcyclist um, basically um, 
didn't make it round one of the very tight bends and went over into a ravine and was miraculously caught in the um, in the undergrowth on the way down. So didn't crash right down to the valley bottom where she would certainly have been killed. And then an extraordinary rescue attempt was mounted involving helicopters and specialist mountain rescue teams. Oh. And they managed to basically get her out relatively lightly injured. And if that isn't a miracle worthy of Lord, I do not know what is. Absolutely agree. And it was also quite miraculous. They managed to do all this inside about an hour and we were on our way. Well, here we are on the road, finally, uh, or on about to be on the path after an hour's delay. The problem really is now, uh, will we be able to get to the refuge in time for them to give us refuge and uh, at the moment we don't really know well except these are, are looking up in all senses yeah it's uh, just shrugging off the last bits of civilization in cotterets and following about to take to the hills and uh, as is often the case around here we are beside a, um, a a rushing mountain stream called a Garv. Uh, and I need to uh, tell you, everybody, that actually this is a BBC sound effect <laughs> you're listening to. And we're sitting in Streatham, putting our feet up. Yeah. Right. Well, we've got to somehow climb up a thousand meters, which is no joke, even when you're young and fit. Anyway, let's see what happens. Well, things have picked up, I think. We're, what would you say, Simon, an hour and a half into the walk? Exactly one hour, 20 minutes into it, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. Well, the, I, the, amongst the very nice sounds are cowbells. Uh, yes. Or are they sheep, goat bells even? There are certainly, there's a, uh, a herd of cows. We've also passed um, a couple of uh, quite splendid white horses which were blocking our path and were um, slightly kind of worrying I I, I felt um, that uh, well, we did the um, uh, equine deviation as it's known <laughs> um, yes skirted around and entered a bog briefly <laughs> well what do we hope an hour and a half from here ah. what is nice is that we've um, the first uh, hour was um, pretty relentlessly uphill some of it really quite steep but this is uh, this is really rather lovely sort of pasture uh, high pasture land isn't it um, well except that we're, we're slightly contouring and it looks as though it's going down and since we know the one thing we do know is that we've got to ascend a thousand meters ah you um, think there's anything a thing which um, yeah, the, reduces that is there uh, could be a sting in the tail couldn't there yes. yeah all right okay well let's see Onwards and um, probably upwards. Progress on any journey into the mountains can be slowed by bumping into people. In particular, because I'm sometimes on TV, if they happen to be British and they recognise me, then very often they will kindly stop for a chat, including one chap who told us that the following day he was going to try to climb the Pic de Mon, 2,000 
724 meters, which I make um, pretty close to 9,000 feet. It's also always good to have a reason to pause and catch your breath. Fortunately, it was quite difficult, even for us, to get lost. Um, we had uh, both a 1 to 25,000 French IGN map. We had the electronic help of Google mapping and in particular, the countless red and white stripes that indicate sometimes every few metres that you're on official long distance footpath, in this case, the GR10. Even so, in the mountains, disaster is always waiting to strike, even out of a cloudless sky. Well, this is a pleasant spot. Uh, about a, what would you say, 100 metres up one side of a very steep valley and on the other side are the Cascade d'Ileu, the waterfalls of Ileu, which are cascading splendidly down the side of the mountain. We're making quite good progress and maybe we will actually even get to the uh, refuge by six o'clock, which would be absolutely amazing. Uh, I have put a bit of a break on proceedings by managing to put my foot on a rock, a wet rock, which turned out to be as slippery as an ice rink and I fell over on my shoulder, which hurts quite a lot, but I'm trying not to um, make too much of a fuss and to put a brave face on it all. Uh, and uh, then <laughs> and hope it doesn't uh, deteriorate. Um, in other news, um, I found the finest stick on my way up. Obviously, we don't have walking poles due to uh, luggage uh, and security issues. We're carrying only minimum Ryanair hand baggage. Um, so therefore, the duty of the first day is to find a good stick, which I did, which I um, managed to leave at our last rest stop. But we, we plough upwards and onwards. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Well, can I just briefly blame Ryanair for the fact that I have now run out of water because there just wasn't enough space to carry enough water and you have either very wisely or very unwisely refilled your bottle from a passing stream not something that is generally recommended but I think you'd be unlucky well um, I think have you a... were very unlucky I'd watched your tumble and it was really quite spectacular so a, 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 a wet sheet of rock yeah and you went over in almost in sort of slow motion and I thought oh he's going to be all right and then you weren't and you crashed down and it was um it was extremely uh, painful uh, and uh, yeah anyway enough of my woes let's get going <laughs> what a joyful sound and what a lovely place to arrive. We've had a bit of a scramble for various reasons and we have finally arrived at the refuge, which is a grand sight in itself, not least because they are busily getting supper ready. They are selling us beer. Um, there's a lovely atmosphere because we're on a kind of veranda overlooking a beautiful natural lake. And there's glacial towering cirque I would say is that a cirque I quite probably actually it seems like a semicircle and it's got lots of different colored rocks um, sort of 
pale cream, orangey grey, and then reaching up to a fantastic, what would you call that, a pinnacle, and oh, uh, yes. the sun is setting on it, so it all yeah. looks very good indeed, and if my shoulder didn't hurt, I'd be in, in seventh heaven, but uh, luckily one of our fellow uh, um, refugees, refugees yes. if you say that, yes, has offered me a painkiller, which I might actually take her up on later. Well, I'm going to have my own painkiller, which is um, uh, made by Cronenberg, I think, in Strasbourg. Ah. And um, Alsatian beer. And I'm very, very glad to be here. You're very good help. Good. Well, well done. Cheers. Wonderful and uplifting as that moment was, I must confess, I was looking forward to the night to come in a shared and rather cramped dormitory with 20 other people, with some trepidation. Well, you can find out how well or how badly that night went, and also follow our progress as we deviate from the GR10 onto the possibly sinister GR101. Have a listen next week. But for now, from me, Simon Calder. And me, Mick Webb. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>